0: Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Ritchie, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking out news of the day, none other than Jackson White, co-founder, editor-in-chief of Politoscope, TYT Rebel HQ creator, host of the YouTube channel, Politics and Paper. Always a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day, Donald Trump, former president of the United States, continues to call for destruction of the current United States government. This time he did it in Waco, Texas, paying honor to a cult leader and the anniversary of one of the deadliest cult shootouts we've ever had. Let me take you to the video, here it is.
1: Either the deep state destroys America or we destroy the deep state. That's the way it's got to be.
2: We're at a very pivotal point in our country. Either we descend into a lawless abyss of open borders, rampant killings, super
0: hyperinflation, which is what we have right now and not coming down, and festering corruption, or we evict Joe Biden and the Democrats from the White House and we make America great again. I'm going to get into some important context that must be highlighted, but let me say this first. As I have said for many, many years now, Republicans are masters at creating a boogeyman, at giving you their selected enemy. They are masterful in the execution of creating these fictional enemies every election cycle. They find a bully. Uh, Keep in mind, keep in mind, Donald Trump really did not speak about a solution. He talked about what he has determined to be enemies, and the crowd goes wild. Well, this has been a winning strategy for the Republican Party. We got more. Either the deep state destroys America, he said or we destroy the deep state. We're at a very pivotal point in our country, before Mr. Trump took the stage, conservative rocker Ted Nugent of all people delivered a solo version of the Star Spangled Banner, but not before asking the crowd for the January 6th inspired moment of silence for the political prisoners of Washington, D.C. Because of the jackbooted thugs in our own government, according to Nugent. And if there was any mistake, the militant message in Trump world, consider the soundtrack. The former president began his remarks with a version of the national anthem. We played that, sung by people imprisoned for the participation in the January 6th insurrection at the US Capitol. Between these statements, Mr. Trump railed against prosecutors in Florida, Georgia, and Washington, considering unprecedented criminal charges against the former president, calling them the Department of Injustice and their local henchmen. There's more. The new weapon being used by out of control, unhinged Democrats to cheat in elections is to criminally investigate a candidate bad publicity and all, Trump said. I've got bad publicity, but my poll numbers have gone through the roof. Out in the crowd, supporters in Waco described a nation coming apart at the scene where only drastic action could counter a shadowy enemy and turn things around. He is setting the stage. Heroes are not defined by themselves. Heroes are defined by the villains they defeat. When you are in a position to create your villain, you are thus in a position to create the hero. What Trump and the conservative party routinely will do is create the villain. They will tell you, undocumented workers are coming here to commit crime. They will tell you that the main priority is building a wall. There is not a wall built that another man cannot climb over or tunnel under. They will tell you, these are your enemies. Democrats are your enemies. The woke movement, your enemy. Black Lives Matter, your enemy. They will say this, submit it. And the continuation of this messaging permeates into a brand. What is a brand? A brand is a repeated message over and over and over again. They are masterful at this part. Once again, they are simply defining the villain so that they can define themselves as the hero. There's more, just some background into the Waco, Texas connection. The Waco siege was the law enforcement siege of the compound that belonged to the religious cult Branch Davidians. It was carried out by the U.S. federal government and Texas state law enforcement between February 28th, April 19th, 1993. The Branch Davidians were led by David Koresh, headquartered at the Mount Carmel Center. They keep saying the terminology deep state. Please understand what they're talking about. They're talking about the current right now United States government. When they wage war on the deep state, when they say we are going to have to destroy the deep state, they are talking about the American government. The deep state definition goes a body of people, typically influential members of government agencies or the military, believed to be involved in the secret manipulation or control of government policy. There are massive agendas in DC. Government is riddled with individuals who do not operate in good faith. Bottom line is this. Donald Trump continues to spew a narrative antithetical to the normative processes of democracy. He is not being called out by those on the right. They are afraid of him. He is not truly being called out by those on the left. Biden should have a damn press conference and say the next time you talk like that, In this country, you will have significant repercussions. Donald Trump is simply a man. That is it. The Constitution provides no special protection for a former president, and that was done intentionally. If you could not get the tyrant while he had power, you get him after he has none. Still, this country has figured out a way to indict uh, everybody up and down the equator, frivolous charges nonviolent offenses, but they can't figure out how to indict a lawless con artist like Donald Trump. All right, Jackson, thoughts here.
3: It's been rather fascinating to watch the Republican establishment's inability, or maybe a better word is refusal, to truly stand up to Donald Trump in any type of meaningful way. And the reason that that's important is because we all know how they feel about him, because he's taken away the Republican establishment's ability to really guide the base In any type of meaningful way. Um, Ron DeSantis is his biggest competition, yet he has yet to announce. There's a good chance he won't because the laws in Florida have to be changed or he's gonna have to drop out of office. That really would not be a good career move for him. And yet, despite that fact, Donald Trump has filed a lawsuit against his campaign. He's rather effectively attacked Ron DeSantis on his record against Social Security and Medicare. And he has all the nicknames in the world for him that are rather funny. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so he's just like gaming the system just like he did in 2015 in terms of just sucking all the air out of the room. And inevitably, unless the Republicans, Democrats, whoever, find a way to throw Trump in prison or something, then he basically has already won the Republican nomination. Um, So that's basically what it's looking like.
0: Yeah. So we will continue to update, but I concur
1: with you thus far. Officials, they had to return
0: $40,000, but it took them a long time to do it. A black business owner suffered because of this. Uh, Let me put the picture up for a mask. You're looking at Jerry Johnson, a North Carolina small business owner, has finally been returned his money, $39,000, after Arizona police seized his money by force roughly 21 months ago. Johnson's struggle began when he took a flight in an effort to save his small trucking business. Here's the video. They had the brand that I like. I like that ISX motor, I love it. It was one of them reactions where I needed to go get this
3: thing. When he stepped off the plane in Phoenix, Arizona to pick up his luggage, Jerry was confronted by law enforcement.
4: And he pulled out his badge. And he said, uh,
0: may I see your ID? I passed him my ID. He asked me, was I carrying any drugs? I told him no. He asked me, was I carrying any large sums of money? I said yes. Yeah, he had a large sum of money. It is not statutorily illegal to carry a large sum of money. There's more. The police then checked his luggage they found $39,500 and began to make assumptions. Uh, Even though Johnson was not charged, I need you to hear this, he was not charged with a crime. Police confiscated his money under something we have discussed on this program before, civil forfeiture law. They accused Johnson Who has a registered business and a trucking license of earning the money from illicit drug sales? The police claimed the money smelled like marijuana and made him sign over his money to them. Johnson attempted to take legal action following the event, but here's what happened Johnson fought to get his money back from the state, but his first obstacle came from the Maricopa County Superior Court judge, who ruled after a 2021 hearing that he could not prove the money was not
1: from illegal activity. There's more. Let's put it up. Here's the picture of the ruling,
0: all right? Johnson then sought uh, help from the Virginia-based nonprofit, the Institute for Justice, who helped him file an appeal. Then, in a recent ruling, the higher court ruled in his favor in May 2022, concluding that the County Superior Court violated his due process rights. The appellate court then sent the cash back to the lower court for review. They sent the case back to the lower court for review. But now the state has requested the case be dismissed, returning Johnson's funds in mid-March. Upon reclaiming his funds, Johnson had this To say, and I quote, it's a blessing to finally have my savings back so that I can invest it in my business, Johnson said in the statement. That the government could take my money, never charge me with a crime, but hold onto my savings for so long is outrageous. It created a tremendous financial burden for me and my family. And there were a lot of business opportunities I've missed out on because that money was just sitting in a government account. However, after two and a half years of devastating psychological and monetary damage, the situation still doesn't feel right. Attorneys from the Institute for Justice said the state refuses to pay his attorney fees and the interest at Arizona's statutory rate for judgment. They said it also needs to make Johnson hold. They said they need to make Johnson hold hold for business opportunities that he missed because his money was taken, okay? So here's the thing. We've talked about this um, civil forfeiture law before. It is an insane law. There was one individual who we talked about right here on Indisputable about him being pulled over. They decided to just take his money because the cop didn't like him. And he had to go through a process of trying to get his money back. Never was charged with a crime. And when he got his money back, they were able to take some ridiculous fee Before returning his money, it is an insane law, and yes, it does violate due process. There is no charge. There is is no opportunity to uh, engage in a legal process or to confront your accusers. All of these things are within the context of due process. So how are they getting away with it? Well, typically they get away with it because many people do not challenge it. Now, for thirty-nine thousand plus, you're challenging that until there is no challenge left. But keep in mind. Some people have 100, maybe 500, maybe 1000, 2000. We also saw this in the state of Georgia, same thing. So how far does this go? Where police departments are engaged in this kind of forfeiture, where they will literally make you sign over your money without due process. All right, Jackson, thoughts here.
3: I mean, you know, unless a case has been built up on some type of criminal organization um, that's really been looked into, there's really no practical reason uh, to forfeit people's assets other than two things. One is withholding authority uh, just over the state in general, or rather the state uh, withholding its own authority. And then also just a way to gather collateral for different types of exchanges or different types of deals or, you know, whatever it is that they may need to do. Uh, resources are taken, not just in cash, but, you know, in all types of assets. And so, you know, there's no real, again, the practicality is nowhere to be seen. You know, it's not like, hey, is this from drug sales? No, it's not. Okay, we're just going to take it anyway and then we're going to keep it for over a year Um, as if, you know, it's against the law to give people's money back. But it's set up that way again so that they can maintain authority and they got collateral on deck. So it's really no uh, more complicated than that.
0: That's right. All right. We will follow this story. I do see a lawsuit in the future
1: for uh, the state of Arizona. Okay. It's a damn shame. A damn shame. A cop shoots another person.
0: That person has a friend. That friend gets charged with murder, not the cop. And then gets over sentenced at that let me first bring you this video here it is
4: 28 years old he was on drugs he had been previously in trouble for uh, sexually assaulting a minor so now he's free from that he's on drugs he steals a car the police get behind him he doesn't pull over he goes on a high-speed pursuit chase he crashes into a tree the car catches on fire His girlfriend is in the passenger seat. She dies in the fire.
2: This is who he is talking about. This is Wesley Phelps. He's 28 years old. He was on drugs. He had priors for burglary and assaulting a minor. He led police on a high-speed chase, crashed his car, and his girlfriend died. And Judge Sybil Reynolds gave him three years. But on the same day that Judge Sybil Reynolds gave him three years, he gave Lakeith Smith 65 years. Lakeith is 15 years old. Him and some other kids were breaking into an unoccupied dwelling. The cop showed up. The kids ran. The cop shot Adante Washington, which is Lakey Smith's best friend. Shot Adante in the back three times. Due to Alabama's felony murder law, Lakey Smith was sentenced to 65 years for the murder of Adante, even though he didn't hold the weapon or shoot anybody. This happened on the same day in the same court by the same judge. 28-year-old who's actually responsible for somebody dying. 15-year-old who's actually not responsible for anybody dying. Three years, 65 years.
0: Let me break this insanity down. Let's put up the picture of the young man in question. I want to say thank you to Jolly for making sure I was alerted to this story while Lakeith Smith was sentenced to 65 years. A legal technicality led to Smith's term of incarceration being reduced to 55 years. Three years later, a judge reduced it from 55 years to 30 years in prison. Retired Circuit Judge Sibley Reynolds on the left. Let's put it up on the left who presided at the 2018 trial and original sentencing, handled the pre-sentencing or the resentencing as well. District Attorney C.J. Robinson on the right, a veteran prosecutor who had charged Smith with his three co-defendants with felony murder had supported Smith's resentencing. The attorney of Smith said this, today doesn't feel like justice. Smith's attorney, Leroy Maxwell, told news reporters his client's relatives and other supporters after circuit court judge Sibley Reynolds refused to request for Lakeith Smith to be released from prison immediately. He said they
1: will pursue an appeal. Um, Let's put it up.
0: Meanwhile, there is a petition. This petition has been started in an effort to grant Smith early release you can sign the petition at justiceforlakeithsmith.com. That's justice Smith.com. I don't need to point to the elephant in the room. Our dear brother Jolly did a great job at doing that. You literally have the same judge, not in the same year, not in the same Uh, five-year span on the same day. Give a 28-year-old adult who engaged in significant criminal action that led to the death of someone he was responsible for killing, this person gets a handful of years. The 15-year-old who did not shoot anyone, did not kill anyone, gets 65 years. Well, they determined that was unconstitutional. That's the reason they changed it. He was only 15 when it occurred. But you see the bias right there in front of you. Right there. Will the judge be accountable? Will there be some level of oversight? Will somebody say something who has authority right now? Obviously, a miscarriage of justice and unequal application of the law. All right. dear brother thoughts here.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, you know, people are aware, but it often can go over people's heads, including my own. of Just how much discretion people in these uh, seats have, just how much uh, power they have to make choices that impact people's lives so heavily. And if this isn't the best example of how much power and choice that judges and different people in those types of positions have, then I can't really think of a better one. And it also just points out to how much room for improvement we really have and how much work there is to do. But I think that one of the good things about really seeing uh, these types of cases is the more people become aware of just exactly where the areas need for improvement, the more you can rally people to the cause, you know, and and the more possible it is to be involved in community politics instead of always necessarily thinking that things have to happen um, from a top level down. So um, that's is that again. I think that's really the biggest highlight of this type of story that you see how much power people have right in your backyard.
0: That's right. We will keep the pressure high. There is an appeal process uh, that hopefully can be remedied throughout the process of his journey. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable.
1: Stick and stay. All right. Welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read
0: some of these amazing comments. Next, TYT reporter says, creating a boogeyman creates fear. Fear is a powerful motivator. It drives people to the polls and drives them to do things a sensible person would not do. Right. They are being radicalized. It is a process of indoctrination. Democracy for sale. The money smelled like marijuana has to be one of the most dumb excuses I've ever heard from these coward ass thieves. Yeah. Lovable Lincoln. Oh my God, that's insane. Lock up that guy for killing his girlfriend. Let the poor 15 year old out of prison. Uh, and he's older than 15 now, but it, the saga started when he was 15. Um, and he was sentenced to 65 years. All right. Calm like a bomb. Asset forfeiture is the number one form of theft. Legal theft. Unethical, yes. Legal also. Shouldn't be, but it is. All right. I got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen. I wish a Karen would.
1: You want to call the police on him
2: for having a barbecue on a I Sunday?
4: You must feel free. Back off! I'm gonna tell him
2: there's an African American man threatening my life. Thank you. Are you recording me? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you're gonna get posted on TikTok and everywhere.
4: Because you're not. Who it's are not, you? It's not. It's not comfortable thing. for me. Do You guys have a
1: legal night.
4: Um. You work for the city. If you give me your batch number and your name, I will show you all my permits.
1: What is your name? Why should I give you my name? What is your name? I mean, honestly, what is your problem? What is your problem? Exactly. What is your problem? Yeah, bye. Oh, yeah, all right. Let's do this. Let's put up that picture for a mass
0: of the Karens. There you go. Uh, They are literally the same person, okay? (laughs) According to the uploader (laughs) and one of the vendors, Rosie, Karen was asking them to leave because this is, and I quote, her neighborhood, and they don't like stands like this, <laughs> okay? Rosie even alleged that Karen's husband had paid for tacos, all right? He paid for the tacos, but the lead Karen pulled him away before he could get the tacos. <laughs> this Karen is out of control. Not only does she not like good food, she doesn't want her husband to eat. I'll be damned. All right. Um, I think what is happening here, Jackson, is that the husband, who may have actually started as a non-Karen, <laughs> is now de-evolving
3: into <laughs> yes. a carol, all he right? Ahead, your brother. right? He went th- He went through a morphing cocoon process, yes. and now he just, he just got short hair. That's the only difference he's the two of them now. But, but, yeah, nah, you know, when you see stuff like this, you just got to put, you know, the older I get, the more I do my best to put myself into people's mind states and into people's spirits and state of being so I can understand them. And people like that are just filled with spite and negativity and pettiness yeah. because it, and, 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 you know, to even go about doing something like that, first of all. But it's hilarious because she just kind of waited for a while because she thought she was going to be able to get their names and realize she couldn't. So she was just like, oh, OK, never mind. Right. And then it, it like, think about how really crazy that is, too. Like woman, I don't know you what you going going. I don't know what you're gonna do with my name. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it just the 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 audacity is, is striking.
0: It's extreme, but it also comes from a place. Remember, there was a time all white Americans were empowered with that ability. They could yeah. ask any black person, give me your freedom paper. Uh, and if they were not produced, there could be a repercussion. That would have protected the white citizen and not the individual they were uh, harassing at that time. Okay, very, very interesting. A black official defends a child in a CRT debacle. Let me just take you to the video, then we will explain. Here it is. Damn shame! put up the picture full mass. Let me give you the background as to what you just saw. Last week, we reported on a critical race theory meeting hosted by a school district that ended in chaos, when a white woman told a black male to leave the country after voicing a series of passionate remarks concerning the subject. Well, More viral video shows that wasn't the only incident that took place. Local councilman Brian Hawkins said he had no choice but to step up during that moment. The quote is this. When I turned to my left, all I see is this tall white man standing over this small, young black girl. That's when I grabbed his shoulder and stood between the young lady and the man. Let him know you don't stand over a child like this. The way it started, it didn't end that way, and she knew she wasn't by herself. Hawkins is hoping for something positive to come out of this. The best thing that could come from this is that what's happening in the Temacula United School District is bringing some serious attention. That is true because we talked about it here. The board in December, voted three to two in favor of a resolution banning critical race theory, also known as CRT. They banned it in the school's K through 12 curriculum. The resolution calls CRT a racist ideology that assigns generational guilt on policies long in the past. And if we had the video, I would show you that the person who made the initial argument was saying This is stupid, basically, because critical race theory is not taught in K through 12 education at all. So while we hear that caused outrage from at least one white female who was in the audience, who told that man, go back to your own country or something to that extent. It created an argument, but the environment quickly turned on that young lady who made the comment. And she was eventually removed, but not after the presiding officer of that particular council meeting tried to kick out the African-American male, who did not tell anyone, go back to where you came from or go back to your own country. But it was corrected in real time. All right. Once again, debates over nothing, enemies being created so that they can define the heroes. Dear brother, there is no CRT taught in K-12 through education.
3: Well, you know, just think about how outrageously childish it is to just not even want to see uh, any remnants of uh, what happened in the past. Um, you know, any examples of what people went through it in, during a certain time, even if it's uh, fiction novels that depict uh, what life was like during the time of slavery or during the time of segregation, whatever it may be, uh, how just ridiculous it is and childish it is to want to shun that out of, out of your mind completely that that's what you're so worried about your kids feeling when you're the one who feels it. And then, um, other than that, what we just watched of that man was a man desperately seeking to escape his own mediocrity mm. and much, much to prove to himself. And in that moment, he had a shot. Um, but I mean, if, if he's he's the, the lowest of losers, and he knows he is. yeah. And that's something that he can never escape.
0: There you go. We
1: got more. On the other side, it's Indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. A lot of show left. Let me remind everyone, if you miss Indisputable
0: Live, don't fret. You can always catch us on virtually any podcast platform. Um, Listen to Indisputable on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We just breached 1 million downloads, making indisputable in the top 5% of all podcasts among listeners. Make sure you rate us five stars. I thank you in advance. Okay. A lot of comments. I'm kind of pressed for time. We'll read as many as I can. Mo Fury. See, you ask a bully a question and you get a Karen D and Karen and Darren Dumb. I like that. Old Darren looks like he wants to rub <laughs> rub that Pico de Gallo in Karen's eyes. Yeah. All right, Cheesecake Browning. What does history do? Makes us feel guilty about the crap our ancestors have done in the past. This is how we learn not to repeat it. Give me a break. Just watching this makes me feel guilty. And this is the thing. It is not about guilt. They're not forced to feel guilty. They don't want to be uncomfortable. Because if you felt guilty, you try to actually respond in a way that shows remorse. Okay? So it's about comfort, not guilt. All right, and thank you, John Debrozinski. Welcome to Indisputable, we appreciate your support. All right, very sad story. A teenager died on a flight because the flight did not have the proper device as they are mandated to have. Let's put up the
1: picture. Full of mass. See the young man in the back? He should sure be alive, fourteen years of age.
0: But he died after a fatal cardiac episode. Kevin Greenwich was his name. He was on American Airlines. He was on a flight, according to a lawsuit filed recently by his mother, Melissa Arzu, which alleges. He died because the defibrillator on the airplane did not work. It didn't work. It was not operational. Kevin was returning from a family vacation with his uncle from San Pedro, Honduras, to Miami on June 4th, 2022, when he suffered the medical trauma and became unconscious. According to the complaint, There was in fact a doctor on board who requested the attendants retrieve the automatic external defibrillator. It's on the plane. Once the device was brought to him, he noticed it didn't work. It had not been charged. The lawsuit alleges that American Airlines failed to ensure that the automatic external defibrillator and its mobile battery pack were fully and properly charged and that the airline's alleged negligence caused, permitted, and or hastened the untimely death of the 14-year-old Kevin Greenwich. It also alleges that the airline failed to train its workers with basic resuscitation technique and causing, permitting, or allowing the mobile battery pack to drain down to no power, thereby causing the automatic external defibrillator, To stop working. So these devices have been federally required because some people were pushing back saying, well, is this even a requirement? Yes. Uh, So these devices have been federally required on all passenger aircraft since 2004. And American Airlines became the first U.S. commercial airline to put it on its planes in 1997 and to train its flight attendants to use them. They are considered no-go items, meaning that if you are missing or if it is inoperative, the plane is a no-go. You cannot take off. That's according to the Federal Aviation Administration. In a statement to Insider, an American Airlines spokesperson said the carrier was reviewing details of the lawsuit. Our thoughts are with Mr. Greenwich, and his loved ones, the airline said. All right, let's, let's be very clear here, okay? Uh, this is one of the most avoidable tragedies that could have happened. You're on a plane, you have a child with you, child has a cardiac issue. Okay, there's a doctor here, there's a device here.
1: It is mandated, it is not powered up. Why? Negligence, obviously. And then the
0: staff, according to the lawsuit, they were not really aware of how to resuscitate anyone. Once again, another directive of training. This is the reason why training is important because if you decide to relax protocols and standards that are mandated in order to ensure the safety of those around you, it could lead to death or severe injury. How did this happen? It did not happen just because of one day, this is a protocol issue. This is a management to upper management issue. A 14 year old is dead. Negligence is at play, obviously. But when it gets to a point of being grossly negligent, you now have to start talking about criminal actions. All right, Jackson, thoughts here.
3: Yeah, 100%. I mean, American Airlines is far too large and far too utilized by uh, the public commons by the people of the United States for there not to be harsh consequences for this in some type of way that really sticks it. Because um, as you pointed out, this isn't just negligence. It's extreme like negligence. This isn't something that, oh, well, we accidentally forgot to charge it. These types of things, the plain and simply should absolutely never happen under any circumstance, especially when you have all the resources at your disposal for things like this to never happen under any circumstances, or even to have backup defibrillators, whatever that may be. Yeah. But again, uh, people being cheap and people being lazy uh, when you have great power over society, whether that be resources, services, whatever, leads to things like this.
0: Yeah, we will continue to follow this story. The policy has to be followed. And whoever or whatever was involved in this must be exposed so that we don't have situations
1: like this moving forward. That 14 year old child should be alive, period. All right. A lawsuit claims coercion and racism at a
0: barbecue chain. This is a hell of a story. Let me put up the picture for a mask, give you the background to this. A South Carolina barbecue chain, known for its pro-segregation stance in a landmark 1960s case and its embrace of the Confederate flag in 2000, is facing allegation of racism and sexual harassment by the fired general manager of one of his restaurants, okay? This is according to a lawsuit filed last week. A black woman who worked at a Maurice's Piggy Park barbecue location in Columbia, the man who ran it, general manager Jeff Harrison, coerced her early last year into a sexual relationship and promises of a raise, which he paid. She says she quit after he grew irate and more threatening when she rebuffed his additional sexual advances. The Associated Press isn't naming the woman because she is an alleged victim of sexual abuse, and we agree. In a separate lawsuit brought last month, Damien Wooden, another black former employee, Wooden contends that Harrison left him racist voicemails, including slurs and threatening to break his jaw after he told Harrison to stop calling and harassing the female employee who quit. The lawsuits, which seek undisclosed damages, accused the company of negligent supervision and accused Harrison of intentionally inflicting emotional distress, assault, and battery. This is a statement from the company. A company receptionist told the AP that Maurice's Piggy Park Barbecue had no comment. Its president, Lloyd Bessinger, told ABC Columbia News that the company does not condone or accept any sexual or racial behavior. When I heard of Mr. Harrison's behavior, I fired him uh, imminently. Messenger said in a statement, we are a local family business that supports the community by providing jobs and great barbecue for 60 years. The company's problematic history, it started, let's go to 1964. In 1964, a waitress at a Piggy Park drive-in refused to take two black customers order. Owner Maurice Bessinger justified his refusal to serve black customers inside his stores, conveyed through window signs based on his religious opposition to racial integration. In 2000, Bessinger opposed the South Carolina legislature's removal of the Confederate flag from the dome of the state capitol by flying it outside of all of his restaurants. Okay, so this is the reason the manager believed, hey, I can do these bigoted and racist and sexist things because my boss is one. That is likely the ideology of the management who engaged in this kind of behavior, allegedly. But we shall see, because at this point, you have two lawsuits. They are congruent in nature. You may have more, especially especially if this individual was involved in managing others you may have many more lawsuits uh, as far as i'm concerned the response from this particular agency holding inappropriate does not speak to the issue at hand uh, and does not address the culture that we understand historically exists all right jackson thoughts here
3: Yeah, that uh, definitely is an example of just uh, company culture that festers within any environment and the type of people it tracks and how it enables uh, any employee, whether it's uh, low level or management, to take advantage. And uh, the lawsuit is 100 percent correct, just in terms of his behavior being uh, purposefully uh, emotionally sadistic, going after people and getting a kick out of them being uncomfortable. Especially uh, when it comes to uh, the woman he coerced into having sex with him, because, you know, when men do things like that. Obviously, it's about power. It's about yep. feeding your ego, feeling like you're in a position of control, because it's not as if men can't just go somewhere and pay for sex in a variety of ways um, or just get on a date nap and be a decent. There's so many options. Um, so that's not about sex. Um, right. So this guy clearly is just really a, a rotten individual. Um, who deserves any type of negative attention that's coming his way.
1: Yeah, so we shall follow it. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Uh, C. Michael Henson, thank you, C.
0: Michael, as always, dear brother. Unfortunately, this team's death can be traced back to corporate greed. When corporations cut corners to save a buck, things like this happen, just like the train derailments that keep happening. Uh, 32 Antoine, thank you, 32 Antoine. As an airline mechanic myself, we're required to check all emergency equipment before the plane leaves. Most likely a fellow mechanic signed off on it without checking it and that person will be held accountable. Let's hope so. There's a 14 year old dead because somebody didn't do their damn job. All right. And Twitch. Okay. Chipmunk PDX. Racism barbecue is basically the slogan of Texas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm just reading it i didn't say uh. that it was funny though
3: that was perfect
0: all right okay indisputable exclusive this is what happens when your neighbors will show you their true colors no pun intended here it is
4: up and let's go back he just said he's gonna kill me put that on there he just said he's gonna kill your guts this is all you do you act yeah. like a little bitch Mm hmm. Uh huh. Right.
3: Like, like I said.
4: No, you call me twice. You slide. Talking about That's I got black bit. friends. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to call you that. Uh huh. Right. Mm hmm. I dare you to come over this line. And I'll show you what that be like. Real talk. Oh! His wife just admitted this is the tree that the They left fall and didn't even fix the gate. We can get you on YouTube right now. Go ahead, Karen. Go ahead, Karen. Go ahead.
2: Tell the people how many times you called me. Tell the
4: people how many times you called me. Yes, you did. You told me to shut the. Didn't you tell me that? what I'm saying? One of these days I will
3: not go after.
4: Yeah, all you got to do is cross the line and you can get that. All you got to do is cross the line and you can get that. Not one of these days, today. Today, go get your gun. Your gun that you showed me. That gun that you showed me. That gun that you showed me. You coward. Shut up, you coward. You coward. No, I'm talking about the gun you showed me the first day you moved over here. Yeah, that's that camera I hope y'all get all of this.
0: All righty, let's go ahead and dig into the background. Let's put the picture up full a mask. What in the hell was happening? I will be happy to explain. 53-year-old Daryl Theus brought, excuse me, bought his home in California three years ago. To spend his days in retirement was his idea. However, he was harassed by his neighbor following a dispute over their respective trees. It's about trees. About a year ago, his neighbors rented the house next door. Daryl said the neighbors were a little messy. They didn't clean up after their dog, and they let a tree that fell down sit for months after it broke their shared fence, according to him. Despite the mess, Daryl said, he thought the neighbor named Chris was generally cool. Then in conversation, Chris let the N-word slip twice, Daryl said. Daryl says he warned Chris the language was inappropriate and thought that was the end of it. Next, he says, when Chris lectured Daryl about cutting down cypress trees on his property, Daryl says Chris told him to shut the up. Daryl recounted their initial dispute. Here's a quote. He said they were protected Joshua trees like he was a a conservationist, I said, no, they're not Joshua trees. He said, I need to go get permission from the city. I trimmed one below the roof and it fell down. They were slamming against the house causing damage. The wind was 10, 20 miles per hour. Then he said, I need to be careful. I got friends. All right, let's put it up. Daryl showed indisputable other cypress trees in his neighborhood. The wind blew them down as well. The California Highway Patrol issued high wind advisories for motorists last month. Daryl's wife, Jackie Thea, says she warned Daryl. She didn't trust the neighbor when she heard him use the N-word for the first time. Wise advice. After not speaking for about a year, the latest incident occurred when Daryl was washing his car Saturday morning at about 11 a.m. Here's Daryl with his daughter. All right. Daryl says he decided to play some music while he worked. The noise set off Chris who stormed out to complain. In the video, Chris wife affirms, she called Daryl the N word. Here's Daryl's wife, Jackie, who heard the altercation. Here's what she said, and I quote, I didn't hear the wife outside, but I did hear him say it when we were going to Fatburger in Bakersville. I was listening on the car Bluetooth and heard him use the N word. I always told Daryl, it's not about color, race, or nationality. It's about how you give respect. And he wasn't, and he wasn't cool from the jump. Daryl couldn't believe a man half his age would speak to him so disrespectfully. Daryl said he doesn't want anything bad to happen to Chris or police to get involved, but hopes his story will shed light on discrimination in neighborhood. All right. Interesting dynamic. So it seems to me the wife was right, Jackson, in the beginning. She said, listen. You may say he's cool, but I'm telling you, he is not.
3: Oh, yeah, she she caught a vibe, you know what I'm saying? And right. that's why every man should only deal with good women, you know what I'm saying? And be there a good is. man to attract those good women. But th- th- these people, the, the neighbors, are like the just you know, sloppy, good-for-nothing, lazy slobs who become irate anytime time they have to do anything other than nothing whatsoever. Like, they just let the tree hang out in the yard like nothing happened. And then my man, he, and people always kill me when they go about things like this. Like, if you're being recorded, you should probably just stop talking or go inside. <laughs> but, I mean, the escalation just literally didn't end. Like, he came up, he was talking about guns, he came up, and then when he got accused of saying the N-word, he started screaming. Then my man started taking his clothes off, like, I don't really, I mean, I don't know what that was going to accomplish, but apparently it was going to do something. And now we making fun of him right here on Indisputable. So yes. that, that's what it did for him.
0: That's right. <laughs> that's exactly what it accomplished.
3: Don't matter. Say it one more time. It
4: don't, like f- don't matter. It don't. No. Who matters? Yeah, y'all skulls are thicker. Okay. Your baby's different. Okay. You're not us.
2: Okay. Who matters? White power matter? You say? Look at this bitch.
1: Things like that. Hey yo. And you tried to. F-
2: no I didn't,
1: no I didn't,
4: damn.
0: All right, so let me say this, um, racist AF, Karen. I don't mean to judge your economic situation, but by the looks of the kind of car you drove off in, it may be advantageous, madam, for you to become an advocate against the people who subscribe to white supremacy at the highest levels of government. Because they do not pass laws that will help you get a better vehicle. They pass laws so that you can remain where you are, not moving forward. That's why it is better to have coalitions. But you can continue to not only vote against your own self-interest, but provide commentary against your own self-interest because of your hate for black people. All right, Ben, thoughts here?
3: It's astounding how these racists are never classy individuals. They're never (laughs) folks with fancy suit jackets or ball gowns. (laughs) They're sitting there with their cutoff shorts and their swastika tattoos by their crotch, eating a bowl of chili, sitting there saying how they're better than other people. Your babies are different, she shouts. Are you referring to the skin color? Because other than that, they're the same. And the skin color is just color. It's just color. (laughs) What that got to do with the worth of someone's character? How does somebody Stare at a human being and say, I'm better than you because I'm drinking I'm drinking chili out of a mug out in the middle of the day with a swastika emblazoned on my body in my beat up car, half on the curb, half on the street, yelling how I'm better than somebody, but the car so beat up it almost matches her entire demeanor.
1: (laughs) Damn.
0: Wild. But almost almost. Fell out of the chair on that one. All right, put up a picture, full mask. <laughs> um, I want to say this in all seriousness. All right, um, I had the great pleasure of hosting some members of the Armenia government, the Republic of Armenia, and we talked frankly about race. And I'm saying this to the young lady, if I can call her that, on the screen. Um, In that conversation, because every region has elements of racism. In that conversation, it was noted that in nature, there's a variation in everything. Nothing in nature exists as the exact same as something else, does not exist. We appreciate nature in its variety. We don't look at a bouquet of flowers and say one flower is more superior than the other. We don't drive down the street and see trees and say that tree is superior than the other, we appreciate nature in all of its beauty.
1: Our differences are an expression of nature also. That is it, our differences are the expressions of nature. Okay. Uh, another airline in the news for stealing
0: passengers' luggage. In particular, one African-American male who actually needed it. So let's put up the pictures full of mass here because you can clearly see. Willie Stovall III, third, third of one, and Ebony Baker, 22nd, a pair of Spirit Airlines gate agents were arrested on March 17th on felony theft charges for stealing items out of a passenger's travel bag. He left it accidentally, okay? He left it on the counter. That's where he left it. Before he boarded the flight, he left it on the counter. He knew right away that he left it. He informed individuals ASAP, okay? This was a flight to Los Angeles and the gate agents took part in this criminal act. The other two agents remained at large, who remain at large, Beasley, 22, and Mitchell, 30, will face the same charges once they are apprehended. Uh, Let's put up the victim. They were caught going through his luggage, Keon Brooks' personal property, on February 19th. He and one of the gate agents got into a bit of an argument before he departed, and he had requested for a manager. He said, hey, can I get a manager, before he left the desk to board. As they rummaged through his bag, they reportedly took what they wanted and discarded other items. One person posed and snapped selfies as another tossed item, including medication, into the trash can. Brooks' bag contained medicine and priceless heirloom pieces that he obtained after attending home or a funeral service for a relative. When I saw this video, I was one perplexed and then I was upset. I was confused as to why somebody would do another person like this. It was not only extreme, but it was careless. Uh, It was mean, it was rude, it was criminal. And it seemed too easy. Everybody just got in on the action. Well, here's the thing. Obviously, this is not the first time something like this has gone down. Cameras are everywhere in an airport. Airports are basically police precincts. These individuals did all of this in open space. In open space, the trash can was not an employee trash can, it was a regular trash can, right in front of others and the cameras. Not only were they willing to do this, they were willing to do it openly. It's a damn shame. All right, Jackson, thoughts here?
3: Yeah. I think you pointed out the most important thing about all of this is that, uh, in order to, you know, behave like that in a work environment, you have to be rather comfortable. You have to feel yep. pretty safe in order to do it. Otherwise you just wouldn't even think to do it because it was all, the everything you mentioned, cruel, mean, but it was also incredibly stupid. I mean, just, you know, breaking, uh, company policies and going and treating somebody like that as if there's no repercussions. So yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. There has to be, um, antics going on like that in that airport, uh, with some type of regularity. Otherwise I can't see somebody in an employee position, even thinking to do that.
0: Right. All right. Dear brother, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you. Check out your great
3: work. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's always good to be on with you too as well. Uh, check out my YouTube, youtube.com slash at politics and paper. I do streams. I talk about politics, but I talk about all types of things. I do my thing on there again, youtube.com slash Definitely looking forward to being back on here with you again.
0: And we are looking forward to the same, dear brother.
3: All
1: right. We got more on the other side. The bullpen is next. Stick and stay. All right. Welcome back. We have a lot of comments. Let me read as many as I
0: can. I appreciate you all in advance. All right. Um, <clears throat> interesting. Okay. Bill's dragon circles the wagons. You said the N word slipped twice. How is that possible? Right, that's exactly what the person said. Say, so, hey, I was in a conversation with them. the N word slipped twice. And it's not a slip, okay? That's intentionally placed. All right, um, you don't know, like my music says, I guess good fences do make <laughs> for good neighbors, <laughs> right? Liberty Blair, uh, great. They're stealing and not making sure passengers are safe. Yeah. Uh, Jackie, welcome. Jackie, yo, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much for your support. Adam Baum, neighborly has faded away, systematically so, as intended by social engineering. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. We have conservative, Former congressional candidate, Mr. Joe Collins third. Good day, sir. Welcome back to Indisputable. How are you?
5: Man, I'm doing very well. Good to be here. Good to see you again, my brother.
0: Always good to see you, brother. Even though we are politically opposite in many ways, you do try to bring your party, the conservative party, uh, to some realizations they may not readily see. So I respect you for that. Today, we're going to chop it up about Donald Trump and the potential indictment. I don't know what you believe or think about this issue. I will allow you to give us your sentiment and then opine. Uh,
5: Well, uh, when it comes to this Donald Trump indictment, this one specifically, uh, as much as I don't agree with with the merits of the case, I don't think that this, this, this DA should have brought it, and the reason why is because once you say that you're going to indict Trump or going to go after Trump, it allows an opportunity to use that to raise his profile in the media and you know increase his fundraising. So I think if stopping Donald Trump was your goal, then maybe you shouldn't have uh, you know tried to bring a case, especially this one, when trying to connect the dots to the evidence um, it is going to be as difficult as possible. However, I do think it's a great thing. I think it's really, really good because if people, especially in the Republican party, are going to support Donald Trump on this indictment or any other case that they might potentially bring uh, to him across the country. I think this is going to give us a really good opportunity to start addressing how we can move forward with, uh, with police reform. Because never in the history of the United States has the judicial system went after a white man this much.
0: Let me ask you this question. I think it's really interesting what you just laid out here. Do you believe what Trump did was illegal?
5: Not not necessarily, no. I think it happens a lot, especially when you have billionaires or entertainer or people in the business world. Um I think those confidentiality agreements and people getting paid off for certain things is it's kind of the norm as long as it comes with the contract.
0: Do you know what he is accused of doing that is deemed statutorily illegal?
5: Um, you know what? The, in my opinion, I think the. The way the case is being brought is kind of murky. On one hand, they say that he is, uh, you know, paying hush money to uh, to to a prostitute or a stripper or whatever Stormy Daniels is. And on another hand, I heard they were trying to connect the dots with some type of accounting or booking practices.
0: Well, both would be appropriate. Number one, you have a statutory violation in paying off someone, giving them uh, money in order to give you a thing of value for the sake of running your campaign. That is illegal, Joe. That's against the law. And you can ask a person like uh, John Edwards, former US Senator, ran for president twice. He got indicted over doing the exact same thing. His attorneys argued that Mr. Edwards, the former Senator, was in fact simply paying off the person to save the embarrassment from his wife who was dying of cancer. That was their argument. And that argument was not a successful argument. But remember, he was charged for the same thing. So when you say you don't really believe it's illegal because a lot of people do it, Joe, think about this, dear brother. Uh, It doesn't matter if more people do it, it doesn't make it any less uh, legal or illegal. It's either statutorily legal or it's illegal. Which one? And I think you you have enough independence in you, dear brother. To clearly say, what Donald Trump did was illegal. Now, you may be able to argue selective prosecution, but you can't say what he did was not illegal. So I submit the question one more time. Do you believe Donald Trump did something illegal?
5: Not not necessarily. The reason why is because the main factor in this entire case would have to be Michael Cohen. Even when Michael Cohen testified before Congress, he had a check that said, this is a check that Donald Trump wrote uh, for $130,000, whatever the case may be, but the check was written to Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen was the one who paid off Stormy Daniels, or who paid Stormy Daniels for whatever the case may be. Um, and then Stormy Daniels, I think her credibility is shot as well, because prior to the incident, she was trying to shop around a story that her and Donald Trump had slept together. But before then, she also had a statement that says they never slept together. But Michael Cohen in itself, he got locked up for lying. Um,
0: so <laughs> but I- isn't that interesting, I- Joe? That's that's Michael Cohen
5: that's where trying to connect those dots is going to be
0: well that's up for a jury so a jury is the fact finder in the case the theory of the yeah. prosecution is that uh, Donald Trump the former president engaged in illegal activity you have to remember Michael Cohen gets indicted uh, he has a co-conspirator that's unnamed in the indictment Who's the co-conspirator? It was Donald Trump. Donald Trump is an unnamed co-conspirator in the indictment. And the reason he was listed as an unnamed co-conspirator is because at that time, he was president of the United States of America. Cohen gets a criminal penalty. If you believe Cohen when he said, here's how it happened, believe Cohen when he tells the rest of the story. Cohen said clearly, this was a payoff. It has a signature. It has a financial record. You are able to forensically check all of this out. So now you're arguing a defense, and that's quite different, brother, than arguing if it is legal or illegal. But let me move on to another potential indictment. Fulton County, Fonnie Willis, the district attorney. This was another grand jury situation, special purpose grand jury, to look at if Donald Trump committed a law violation of trying to get Raffensperger and others to change the outcome of the election. What are your thoughts about that Investigation and possible indictment.
5: Uh, I think that's a stronger case than the Manhattan DA case because okay. you know when he had the phone call and he said, you know what, you got to find some votes or whatever. Um, you you can you can frame that argument as if he's saying, do what you have to do in order to ensure uh, that I win. But but then again, I think that the the district attorney has to make a convincing or compelling case to to the jury for them to be able to prosecute. I'm impartial. Uh, on the matter, uh, you know, but looking, looking black and white and trying to, you know, determine if the law is going to be on the side of the, uh, the the prosecution is is what I'm trying to gauge. But even then, I couldn't even tell you what Trump's defense is going to be. I mean, he'd tell you on his rallies, oh,
1: it was a perfect
5: call, whatever the case may be. However, if the DA can frame that call to make it seem like Donald Trump was trying to you know, hand or dog whistle to the governor, find me some votes, we got to win this election, then I think that's going to give them more ammunition to prosecute Donald Trump than than the case in Manhattan. Do you
0: believe that a former president should be prosecuted if they committed crimes either before, during, or after political office?
5: Yeah, absolutely, I absolutely do. And the reason why is because, you know, even the Bible says that there is no man greater than another man. But the law applies to everybody just because you're a presidential candidate or you have been a president of the United States, it doesn't give you, you know, some type of qualified immunity to where you can run rapid and do whatever you want to, you know, in society.
0: That's right. That is what the Bible says. Did you ever support Donald Trump?
5: I like Donald Trump. Yeah, I think Donald Trump, you know, he he did a lot of great things for this country. I think his policies are great, but I can't say that I was too fond of the Twitter fingers. You know, I'm never... Uh, okay. A huge fan of people who talk a lot of trash over the internet. I'd prefer he'd probably make a video and come out or say it to somebody's face. But mm. you know, that his mouth is what got him in a lot of trouble, which is why I think that, you know, even if they don't doubt for anything, that post he made about death and destruction and in baseball bat. I think that's gonna get him hemmed up on a terrorist threat charge.
0: Well, he led an insurrection against the United States government. You know, that was bad too, Joe. Mm-hmm.
5: See, that that's murky as well, because it's murky. Even the, FBI, yeah, the FBI prior to the J6 committee said that it was already pre-planned and Donald Trump didn't have anything to do with it. And then, you know, one of the biggest things that the Justice Department uh, does, is they leave out a evidence. You know, when Donald Trump got up there and he even said, you know, his speech, he said, you're going to peacefully... You know, march and protest and let your voice be heard. He never said going to the. Well, Capitol, he double-talked, however. and
0: the government did not leave that out. You have to remember, this is open to the public. That speech is a public speech. Everybody has the ability to access it. Courts can do that as well because it is in the public view. Now, the question is, when Donald Trump told them to go to the Capitol, that he will be with them. All right. When he attempted to coerce his vice president and others to manipulate the Constitution, destroy rule of law, violate statutory code. What he did, all of that. Do you not believe, sir, that that was pointing in the direction of treason against the United States government?
5: I'm not 100 percent certain if I would call that treason, but, you know, desperate men do desperate things. If if the judicial system comes out. I And then, you know, I'm going to support the judicial system because I know if it was me and they were coming after me, if I did, they're going to be like, that That man did that. So, but let's, you know, let's I'll, do I'll this that up to the, to the jury.
0: Let's take a step back, brother. You don't have mm. to exert your power behind the power of another fictional group like a make believe jury. Let's be very clear about what happened. Donald Trump led domestic terrorists to overthrow the government and would have been happy if they succeeded. He also spent four years as president radicalizing that very group by dog whistle, direct engagement, giving them proclamations of protection in his own speeches, dear sir. So he is responsible. It is amazing to me, Joe, that the party that preaches uh, accountability and responsibility for disenfranchised groups, all of a sudden, they do not have that language for a privileged ass white man. How does that make sense?
5: (laughs) It doesn't, but we see the hypocrisy, you know, across politics uh, every single day, all day. You know what I would have done? If I, if I was preaching that Joe Biden is the worst president or Democrats are the worst, you know, uh, party in history, I would have accepted that L and let the American public see. And I've been pointed out. See, I told you, see, I told you, but you know, everybody doesn't think the same.
0: But um, let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the policies because under Donald Trump, you have a record deficit. Under Donald Trump was your beginning of inflation. Under Donald Trump, you have your interest rates starting to get out of control because of his mishandling of COVID and a few other items. You also have less actual money come to African-American homes. While there's technically more jobs available, those jobs did not pay the bills. So you had more employment, less money. Household median income for African-Americans dropped under the leadership of President Donald Trump. Policy by policy, these dynamics did not work. The tariffs, which became de facto taxes, his um war basically with China over products right all of this adversely impacted who us American especially those that worked in agriculture communities so what policies are you referring to when you say that you like Donald Trump you just didn't like his Twitter finger
5: well I think when you talk about you know the regular things such as energy independence you talk about job market growth you talk about economy growth uh, those are a few things that we could talk about but I think that we can't uh, you know take the 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 burden off of, of the Fed and quantitative easing that they started, and this started way before Donald Trump had got into office. I think when they were trying to uh, ease the quantitative easing and or stop the Fed from putting more money into the uh, into our economy, then that's when our economy started to 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 get bad. You know, the interest rates started to go up. That money has to get paid back. So I don't think that I can put that full burden directly on a president. Of okay. The so how the much the man, to, man was uh, president Biden at this point?
0: The man was president for four years. You all refuse mm-hmm. to attribute the economy to Trump after four years of him being president. But after two years and some change of Biden, you all squarely attribute the current economic dynamic to him. <clears throat> but four years of Trump, you all refuse to make any blame uh, toward him. I don't understand it, brother. Help me make sense of this. We need
5: we need more economists. We need more accountants <laughs> in, in office, you know, so so they can be under control. Yeah. We don't we don't have a lot of them. We don't even have a lot of business owners. We have a lot of people who uh, who are from the streets or who think that they know politics or policies, they just yeah, country over.
0: Donald Trump led this country to a record deficit. Can you at least say that?
5: <laughs> I can't I can't honestly make that assertion. I couldn't make it. About sir, Joe it is a Donald fact, Trump, sir. Obama.
0: It is a fact, dear sir. We can debate a point of view and opinion. We can't debate facts. Joe, come on, man. Brush up on your skills, dear brother. I appreciate you being on the show. <laughs> Tell people how they can follow you. And Absolutely.
5: Just... Yep. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Joe E. Collins. Number three. My website is Joe E. Collins. Number three dot com.
0: All right. Always a pleasure, man. We appreciate you being on. All right. uh, Uh, Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the
1: planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.